to the universe in a glass, the podcast where we trade drinks with friends and share the stories behind our favorite beverages. We are joining you today from Washington, D.C.'s premier wine and pasta bar, Revelers Hour, and we are honored to be joined by writer, reporter, and podcaster extraordinaire, Kelsey McKinney. Kelsey is a Texas native who now resides in Philadelphia after many years in the nation's capital. She is the co-owner and features writer at Decider.com and has covered everything from Tom DeLonge's alien obsession to Christian megachurches to bull riding and beyond. She hosts the critically acclaimed podcast, Normal Gossip, and just released her debut novel, God Spare the Girls. Thank you for joining us, Kelsey. Thank you for having me, Bill. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, uh, I'm sorry, so for, for regular listeners, our, our sound quality will not be what it normally is, but uh, the content will be even better. <laughs> um, uh, we got, you know, temporarily uh, evicted from our normal line hotel studios, but we will be back there um, in good time. For those of you joining us for the first time, the premise here is simple. Uh, we each have uh, a bottle to share with each other, but Kelsey wasn't content with one bottle. Uh, so it's actually two for each of us. Uh, and we are celebrating uh, four different celebrity winemakers for the sake of this episode. Uh, Kelsey has brought a red uh, blend from Zach Brown. Uh, it's of indeterminate origin. Zach has not <laughs> divulged the grapes that go into this red blend. Uh, and a Chardonnay from the one and only Martha Stewart. Uh, I have followed suit with a celebrity rosé off featuring Mr. Snoop Dogg and Mr. John Bon Jovi. Uh, we will taste through them both while riffing about life and wine along the way. And then I'll close things out with a bit of verse dedicated to our guests. Now, typically we offer these things for sale um, at Revelers Hour, uh, but uh, none of these celebrities need any more of uh, our or your money. So uh, track them down on your own if you're interested in any of these items and, and you like the sound of uh, what we're drinking, although we will be, you know, withering and honest in our appraisal of, of these uh, different celebrity wants. Um, Kelsey, uh, just a, a few questions for you, kind of, a, a, you know, unwine related questions, um, such as it is. Um, uh, you grew up in uh, evangelical church in North Texas. We're drinking celebrity wines here. What kind of relationship did you have with celebrity culture? Was this the kind of evangelical church where you weren't allowed to consume mainstream media? It, it's funny because it kind of was like most of the people I grew up with never consumed celebrity culture, but my parents were like, kind of, they went rogue, I think in the evangelical church. And so like we watched the Simpsons every day. My mom um, once famously pulled over the car because my sister didn't know who the Jackson five were. And she was like, I have to go into a Walmart right now and buy a CD. Oh, like, wow. I like, I like that. Will be existing, not knowing this. So I grew up in a kind of celebrity forward household. <laughs> celebrity forward evangelical household. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, nice. Nice. All words uh, together for sure. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, what uh, kind of relationship um, did you have with wine? Obviously, you know, uh, we're dealing with the blood of Christ here, so um, you know, uh, it's an important part of church outreach. But some evangelical denominations, like eighty-six, you know, wine mm -hmm. as as an option. My, so my parents didn't drink very much when I was growing up, mainly yeah. just because like, I don't think they had the disposable income to be spending money on alcohol. And so they weren't like big drinkers, but my dad's sister, Jill, 
um, is a huge whiny and lived in San Francisco and like took us once to Napa when I was a kid and like took us on a little wine tasting. And so to me, drinking wine was always like a cool thing that my cool aunt did. Right. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to be a grown up and I can get my little glass of wine at dinner. I can't think of a more diametrically opposed place mm -hmm. um, than San Francisco, yeah. uh, uh, as opposed to kind of North Texas. Um, <laughs> You're not uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah. What was uh, I'm, I'm guessing that your San Francisco aunt was not evangelical. No, not at all. Not uh, not. In this <laughs> what were those visits like? My aunt. Uh, so kind of funny because my parents. My dad in, in particular wanted to send us to like a evangelical Christian summer camp, right? Like you go for a week and you like, I don't know, row a canoe or something. I don't know because we never went because my dad's sister was like, no niece of mine is going to like East Texas to an evangelical summer camp. Like she was like, that sounds like hell to me. And so she would host what she called Camp Aunt Jill. She would make us t-shirts that said Camp Aunt Jill. And she flew me and my sister out to like, hang out with her for a week and which is like in now as an adult I'm like oh my god what a like nice thing to do to adopt to like annoying 10 and 12 year olds into your like regular 20 something life for a whole week and she would just like take us on like camp camp trips quote unquote camp trips where she would be like here's a museum here's a jellyfish <laughs> like here's a wine vineyard wow <laughs> yeah so it was kind of like the only way I had into that world, I think, was through her. Um, was that shocking? Yes. It was <laughs> like yeah. my aunt's life was just completely different than ours. And yeah. I think as a kid, I thought it was just because she had more money than my parents. And it wasn't until later that I was like, oh no, it's just because she like made different choices, right? Yeah. Like she wanted to be in San Francisco and she wanted to prioritize her friends and she wanted to prioritize like going to Napa for a ran on a random Tuesday and forcing her 12 year old nieces to try a little bit of everything. And like, I love that. I want to be like her when I grow up. <laughs> um, did that, you know, open up a uh, universal possibilities for you that might not have existed if you didn't have yeah. that influence? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, growing up the only, I mean, I say this all the time and people think I'm joking in the Northeast, but I, the only women I knew who worked were teachers. Oh, wow everyone else in flight attendants, but like <laughs> all the other moms were, they were moms, they were stay at home moms. And so I didn't know that like, there was a version of the future where I could like have a job and go out to dinner on a weeknight and like kind of fuck around as an adult, yeah. not have this like very secure, serious um, adulthood, which didn't seem fun to me at all. So I am grateful to my aunt Jill for opening that terrible door for me to step right through. <laughs> Oh, well, it's amazing. Uh, well, we're thrilled that you we're thrilled that you stepped through it. Um, you know, when did you go from you know evangelical uh, to um, aspiring you know non evangelical <laughs> writer? Yeah, exactly. Heathen, heathen, elitist, northeastern yeah, yeah. Liber liberal writer. Yeah, East Coast liberal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, cliche. Straight spawn of the devil. Um, I think in college probably. Yeah. I mean, high, I went to a fine arts high school, and so that kind of okay. was like beginning of the end for me was I was like oh all of these people don't believe the same thing as me yeah and I'll seem happy and like healthy and maybe there's more ways to live in the world yeah and then you know I went to college in Austin famously a place where the devil lives and then I moved to the east coast so it was all over for me nice nice <laughs> um uh, at what point did you kind of um get hooked by the the food and wine book 
Oh, wow. I, so I've always been a big eater. Like okay. even as a kid, I never had, like, I was never a picky eater. I always loved going out to eat, which like for us wasn't like fancy restaurants. It was, you know, the tier of like macaroni grill, olive garden was like where you got to go for Where did kids. you well, where did you go after church? Was there like a Sunday brunch uh, situation? Okay. <laughs> like those kind, that kind of like mid-tier American suburban restaurant is where yeah. we, those were the only times I really ate out, but I loved eating out anyway. I was like, this is the best. And recently I went, have you been to Bernie's in Brooklyn? Uh, I haven't. Uh, I've heard amazing things about sure. it, but yeah. I went, I went to Bernie's recently. I loved it. It was, I had a great time there, but the whole time I was like, oh my God, I love this because it's like a macaroni grill. Like they have, <laughs> you can like draw in with crayons. And I was like, oh, I loved this as a kid. Like I loved this kind of atmosphere. I've always loved the atmosphere of a kitchen just in general. And so I think I, as soon as I had any disposable income, I began spending all of it on food, which I think is the right move. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <My> yeah. <hobby. laughs> no, no, that's absolutely, I mean, it's food and drink, it feels like the ultimate, you can't take it with you, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, at what point did you realize you wanted to, you know, earn that food and drink spending money, um, through writing? Uh, well, I didn't really ever know that that would work, to be honest. I, I always wanted to be a writer because I read a lot. And I think when you're the kind of kid who reads a lot, you are like, well, what if I could do this also? What if I could also make a little book that someone could read? Um, and then I accidentally became a journalist, like basically was conned into doing it. And from there, it was like, I just, I like it. I'm nosy by nature and reporting is a job that gives you license to walk up to people you've never met and say, hi, what's happening here? Hi, like who are, what are you doing? Why is this happening? And I it's, like- It's my it. job guys. Yeah, it is though. I mean, it's like a, being a bartender, I think is kind of a similar permissive slip where you can yeah. be like, hi, why are you crying? Yeah. <laughs> and like that, I loved having that license. And so I, and I've always been good at it. And so I was like, oh, if I can do this thing that I'm good at and make, make enough money to go out to eat, that is like the dream. Oh, that's me. awesome. Yeah, great. Um, so uh, for the sake of drinking today, uh, we are uh, celebrating uh, celebrity culture uh, as it comes to us in a glass for the sake of wine. <laughs> um, you picked a couple um, uh, and uh, I'm sure it was a very scientific selection process. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the first one uh, we're going to try here is from, uh, Zach, Zach Brown. Um, mm -hmm. uh, did you know that he made wine or did you just kind of stumble upon this in the, uh, in the wine store you went to? No. So I knew that I wanted to buy, um, the Martha Stewart wine. And the reason for that is, um, because I am from Texas and was like a little undereducated in terms of like the Northeast culture for the longest time, I thought that Martha's Vineyard, the Island, wherever that is, was oh. Vineyard that Martha Stewart owned. Like I thought people were going to Martha Stewart's Vineyard and like drinking her wine. And so it was like just a complete misconception of what was what Martha's Vineyard was. But I was like, of course, Martha Stewart has a vineyard that all these fancy people go to. That makes perfect sense. And so when I found out she did have a wine now, I was like, well, now I have to have it because now technically I'm right. So I went to the store to buy the Martha's wine. <laughs> And then I saw this other wine and the Zach Brown wine has like, oh, it has an owl on it. That's like very spooky, which yes. I think is kind of fun. And so I was drawn to the owl just generally. And then I saw that it says Z Alexander Brown. And I was like, is this Zach Brown, like chicken fried country singer, Zach Brown? 
and it sure was. So I bought that one too. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, uh, I had to look up Zach Brown. I, I'm ashamed to admit I wasn't familiar with his uh, body body of work. Um, his major hit is a song that says, um, you know, I like them chicken fried cold beer on a Friday night. Oh, he's, he's that guy. Uh, oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, I, I, I do know that song. Yeah, heard, heard, heard. That's a, that's a good one. That's a, that's like a solid sing-along song too. Yeah, it's a classic yeah, country. Yeah, music, yeah, rock yeah. <laughs> I am, I'm revealing my roots as a mm -hmm. cartoonish uh, northeastern uh, elite uh, here. Here, um, so you did know that Martha's Vineyard was an island. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, that's like one of the first things you you get taught in. Um, you know, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> coastal, the coastal elites. You know, they, yeah, they, they instill. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's very, very important part of our education. Instead of, instead of like canonical bible verses it's yeah, you, you know yeah know. yeah no yeah exactly um uh i i like the way he has so it's it's uncaged uh the wine yes. so that explains i think the uh like owl? spooky spooky owl yeah um uh he promises uh it was really fun to look into these uh he promises big bold wines of uncommon finesse and character well, um well. yeah yeah so that's the promise we have we've yet to try this i've yet to try any of these mind you um, and, uh, uh, I liked the way he kind of, um, he fancied up his name a little bit though. So it's not, it's Z Alexander Brown. It's like, it's like he's some kind of, you know, robber baron at making wine now, or like Francis Ford Coppola figure. And he's no longer the country fried guy. So I did think about bringing Francis Ford Coppola wine just because I feel like that was the wine that I drank in my twenties, because I was like, this I know is decent and cheap. And so it was like, that was my go-to. And I did think about this when I saw this because this, this font for some reason reminds me of the Coppola bottles. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like Zach Brown, you know, either he had an early meeting with his brand ambassador or like, they were like, dude, Zach like Brown. Guy. Yeah, Zach, <laughs> Zach, Brown, Zach Brown wine. That's not a good brand for you. You know, we got to, <laughs> we got to like judge this up a little bit. And so uh, it became Z Alexander. Um, I really hope that Alexander is not even his middle name, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or it's like Harry S. Truman or something almost like. Uh, it's also funny because in the like little on the back of the bottle, it has his like signature, right? It says like Zach Brown proprietor, but it doesn't say Zach Alexander Brown. It only says <laughs> Zach Brown. So I'm like, is that even real? Uh, well, and I thought, I thought maybe it was, you know, uh, it's a collaboration between him and a winemaker. And I thought maybe, you know, like they, Inserted the winemaker's name or something like those. Sure. Uh, the the wine the winemaker is John Killebrew. So <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, John Brown doesn't sound really any better. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know if people make the Harper's Ferry reference. You know, I don't know if like the mass of men buying wine at you know a Mega Mart make that reference. But yeah, that that feels that feels a little. I feel like John Brown has uh, maybe hasn't poisoned the well for future John Browns, but just for like you know, wine brands. Yeah, probably yeah. not a great wine. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, better than Jefferson Davis, though. So it's got that going for it. Um, uh, although maybe maybe in some corners of the world, it Jefferson Davis would, would, would yeah, yeah, this is yeah. It's very, it's very true. Um, uh, at any rate, um, this is a ubiquitous red blend. Um, so uh, did this you try is it already. Should I try I, it? I did. Yeah, try it. So so yeah, let, let's uh, Let's evaluate. Uh, what do you think of this ubiquitous red blend? Um, I don't love it. 
to be honest. But do you hate it? No. Yeah, yeah. So this this um uh so this feels like um a wedding reception wine to me. Yes. Um it, it feels exactly like the kind of wine that you're poured at an event where like the waitress never asks if you want more red wine. or white. Yeah, exactly. Pouring the wine into your glass. Yeah. So it is like drinkable for sure. I think, I think it succeeds on that level pretty admirably too. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's monolithic. Like it just does one thing that's fruit, mm -hmm. but it does it in like a pleasurable way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty dry too, I think. Yeah. Like and, and that's true. A lot of times the, like the big, you know, red blends, they flirt with sweetness in like a cough syrup way, which yeah. some people, <laughs> some people are into like, uh, some people, <laughs> you know, like your, your little Wayne's of the world, you know, they want that like Tussin flavor, you know, but right. uh, uh, this, this is, a, this is doing, you know, J like Z Alexander things. It's a little, it's a little more sophisticated. Well, well, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I wouldn't order it, but I wouldn't be mad about drinking it. I think would be the, the best way to, you know, kind of review it. If you were served this at a wedding, would you feel bad about it? No, I would probably, I would probably make it my only glass and switch to light beer. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but that's just because I'm going to dance badly later. And, you know, I want right. to stay hydrated. Yeah. That's, a, that's smart. Safety yeah. first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Um, so uh, good on you, Zach Brown uh, and, and John and John Killebrew. Um, yeah, I'm really happy for him because yeah. I do think this would taste good with fried chicken. Like I, I think yeah. he's onto something. Yeah, totally. And like it, it's devoid of tannins, so it doesn't have that like you know tea like astringency that mm -hmm. would not be good with fried chicken. I don't want that with country fried anything. Um, yeah, but this this I, okay. I this could be a good barbecue wine too. It's got like barbecue sauce vibes. Yeah, it could yeah. be a good barbecue wine. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like pleasantly surprised by this wine. Yeah, um, it's not expensive. It was like a twelve dollar bottle of wine. Yes, exactly. So th this is. Um, it should be said about, especially the first, you know, three wines we're drinking here, Kelsey, these are, I think of wine as a beautific, um, you know, kind of expression of place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, that's, that's like the kindergartner. That's the Eastern elite kindergartner in me. Yeah, that's what they uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is not that. This is um, a cynically uh, industrial made um, wine flavored product. But it's mm -hmm. good one, you know. It's it's like it's good, uh, you know. So it's not it's not terrible. Um, I could see myself drinking this at like forty thousand feet too. Um, yeah, I usually, because your taste buds are dead up there. Yeah, so. exactly. And and yeah. usually usually I'm not. Usually I, I a lot of people drink on flights. I don't like to drink on a flight. I feel like I'm gonna get that's dehydrated anyway. You have a sophisticated palate. <laughs> yeah, you want to. That's true. I do feel like. I feel like the options, if I'm gonna drink, are kind of shit anyway. So mm -hmm. like, why why bother? Why not just stay hydrated? And you know, I do love an airport bar above all things, but yeah. Because they're perfect. It's, yeah. The airport bar has no time of day. It is every time of day. It's eternal. Bar, it's eternal. I love that. I'm like, uh, this it is, is like hell it, is, <laughs> it also embodies that perfect like fight club, uh, single serving friend thing, um, yes. which I adore. Um, and you know, you can meet the most amazing people. It's just like, you know, Petri dish yeah. crossroads of humanity. That's just awesome. <laughs> it is great. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I would order this at an airport bar. Yeah, it feels, it feels good. Although there are, <laughs> there are some, uh, my wife and I got ruined because there's a chain of uh, wine bars at airports, like called uh, like, like Vinoteca or something. Uh, oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. Have and, Lotus, right? yeah, yeah, they're, they're still pretty solid. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. So I don't, and I don't think they would serve. They would uh, never serve. This yeah. Like at Z Alexander Brown. Yeah. Um, he seemed to be doing well for himself though. There were, there were several articles I read uh, that were essentially, um, you know, taste tests of celebrity wines. Uh -huh. So it, like all the other content generators, like I feel like Buzzfeed probably does something like this, like, you know, once a month when, you, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, they're like, Oh, let's do a taste test. Oh yeah. It'll be great. Great piece. Um, uh, so there are a lot of these, but I, uh, the Z Alexander consistently yeah. does pretty well. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's an, yes. it, I don't hate it. Yeah. So cheers to you, Zach Brown. Congrats, Zach Brown. Cheers to you, Zach Brown. Um, uh, all right. So I'm going to pivot now to um, uh, Martha's Vineyard. Um, uh, uh, I love that. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is, so um, uh, I, I responded. So we have two wines essentially from the same brand. And these are, um, you know, say what you want about Z Alexander, but Zach is involved with this, like intimately involved with this label. Um, the next, yeah, the next two wines come to us from um, uh, 19 Crimes, which is an Australian brand. Um, it's actually owned by Treasury Wine Estates. Um, yeah, which is amazing. Um, they're, they're one of the largest wine companies in the world. They also own Behringer, Penfold, Sterling, uh, Matchua. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they have a big portfolio, but 19 Crimes is like their, I think, most successful brand, at least stateside. Mm -hmm. um, uh, do you know the story behind the brand? What are the 19 crimes, Kelsey? Oh, I have no idea. Please. So uh, the brand here, 19 crimes are the number of felonies that warranted exile to Australia in 1787 uh, Britain is the, and so their first celebrity collaborator was Snoop Dogg because he's, you know, such a rebel, uh, such yeah. an outlaw. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and then, um, Martha Stewart naturally came to mind because they're friends. Uh, I was saying before we started that I thought that like Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg were kind of like a more sophisticated Bridget Nielsen mm -hmm. and Flavor Flav. Yes. Um, and so it seems fitting to me that they, they're both into the wine thing. Um, uh, this is uh, Chardonnay. Um, uh, all three wines we're starting with are ambiguously labeled California. Um, that's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's the state where yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. All the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, and, and bear in mind, um, California makes about 85% of the wine that comes out of America. So it's essentially, it's essessentially bottled US of A. Um, which reminds me, kind of reminds me of the scene in Coming to America when they asked him where he goes to university. And I said, I go to the University of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, di I diverge. Um, uh, so that this company is Australian, but that their grapes come from California, isn't so it? Just like it, it is. It is. So Snoop Dogg was their first um, <laughs> collaborator in California. It was their first California wine, their first venture into California. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now they have three California wines. So the first Snoop Dogg uh, label was a, was a red blend. It was a different version of what uh, mm -hmm. Z Alexander is doing. Um, uh, Martha is their first white wine in California. Uh, Martha's press on this one is, uh, she's thrilled to a launch uh, Martha's wow. Shard in partnership with, with uh, 19 Crimes. Uh, she said she doesn't think the world needs another Chardonnay. Um, uh, so she created one that is clean, crisp, and flavorful without being too heavy or oaky. Um, it pairs perfectly with my delicious recipes, which is just a nice little bit of cross promotion. Um, yeah, cool. uh, yeah exactly. Uh, uh, or can be enjoyed on its own. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
this actually doesn't smell like death. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, I was expecting it to have a much more acidic smell. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is another inexpensive bottle. Um, and uh, cheap Chardonnay is a dangerous proposition. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't love it. It tastes like, um, this tastes like, uh, <laughs> uh, I once, so some, I was once charged with someone actually uh, um, came in with this science experiment and somewhere, this is somewhere on the internet. Um, okay. And it was from these chemists that were trying to reverse engineer wine. So okay. they, were, they were trying to, with like water, alcohol and all these different, you know, chemical components yeah. of flavor engineer wine. And, and he brought That's it to me because cool. he was, it was, it was really interesting because he was trying to get like the sommelier's take on this wine. Right. It, this tastes like that. <laughs> you know? Wow. It, it Were tastes, you invented in a lab? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it tastes like someone's idea of Chardonnay. Um, uh, yeah. Have you ever seen those? Um, there's like this AI imaging that is happening right now where you can type in like, like purple dog playing baseball and then it tries to the AI tries to create these images and like it kind of looks like a purple dog playing baseball but not really that's what this feels like to me for Chardonnay like yeah. someone wrote Chardonnay into an AI machine and was like try to make it <laughs> <laughs> this is what the cloud brain thinks just yeah you just can't ask it the wrong question though if you ask it like a series of non sequiturs then yeah the, 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 yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it just spits out like rain alcohol or something, something along those lines. I tried it again to see if that would make me like it more, but it didn't. Okay, just okay. Just to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, does it pass the, so does this pass the wedding reception litmus test? I think if it was very cold, yes. probably. <laughs> if I couldn't taste it, then yes. Yeah, um, exactly. I think <laughs> okay. if it was very cold, I would be like, this is fine. Because okay. it doesn't smell bad. Okay. It smells fine. But I don't love it. I don't like okay. it as much as I liked the, the Zach Brown band. Yeah. What is what? it? Does, does this, I like, I like for the sake of the first line, you know, so Zach is like, he seems intimately invested in this product. You know, yeah. I can tell you for a fact that Martha and, and Snoop probably were flown somewhere or got um, mailed samples and just yeah. were told like, try these. And they're just laughing all the way to the bank. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you um, told Zach Brown, I hate this wine, he might cry. Yeah, exactly. If you told Martha that you hated her wine, she'd be like, do I have a wine? No, she said like, of course you do. I don't drink that shit. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although I do like to, for the sake of the rosé, I like to imagine Snoop Dogg with a vending machine of his own rosé. Oh my God. I love thinking about that. That's, that's a great image. <laughs> yeah. Or just yeah. like, a, you know, the bagged wine, just like his own rosé in bags of wine. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> But like just like taking massive bong rips, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, with a with a nice glass of rosé, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and it's interesting too because I feel like I'm I'm rethinking Zach Brown on the basis of his wine. You know, I feel Are like you, I feel try like, his music. I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I'm just like feel. I feel like maybe there's a little more to this guy. You know, like uh, he got me. He got me with the uh, the finesse and character. You know, like. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, the owl threw you yeah, right in. Yeah, Great yeah, guy. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this this just feels like you know a shameless cash grab for Martha, which aligns you know with the whole like insider trading thing. But uh, it does. yeah, yeah, um, 
I, I don't feel like I know more about Martha. Yeah, I don't either. And it's yeah. weird because I do think of Martha as having good taste, right? Like yes. I think her recipes, a lot of her like fast recipes, I think are really good, right? Yeah. For a 30 minute recipe, they can be great if you yeah. know what you're doing. But this, I do not love. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, sorry, Martha. Um, uh, all right. Uh, moving on, of course, to um, uh, Mr. Doggy Dog. Um, yeah. So uh, Snoop uh, in talking. So this is 75% uh, Zinfandel, 20% Grenache. 5% Pinot Noir, which is just a bizarre blend. Um, those mind are, you- but Those are some grapes. Those are grapes. So, so it does pass that test. Um, uh, I feel like Snoop definitely fits better with the 19 Crimes label. Um, I do feel like Martha got more street cred for the sake of spending time in the clink. Yeah, going to prison. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and you know, it just spawned so many like, amazing jokes about how she styled her prison cell and, you know, yeah, yeah fussied up her, you know, cafeteria meals and- a pottery yeah. class, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so Snoop said, we did it big with 19 Crimes Cali Red. Oh. So, you know, we had to do it again. And this time I was thinking pink. <laughs> I can't wait for everyone to sip on my Snoop Cali Rosé and bring those fresh feels from spring into summer and beyond. I hope when you open a bottle of this wine, you take a little mind trip to my Cali home. This is how we rosé the Snoop Dogg way. You don't think it was it was Mr. Doggy Dog writing the? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think celebrities even write their own Instagram captions. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so uh, we've not we've not tried this. Uh, it should be said. Um, this was a, uh, this has been aging in my home cellar, uh, Kelsey. This was, wow. this was a uh, Christmas gift from my wife who was just irrationally excited to see it <laughs> in the liquor store. Um, and, you know, I have, I love rosé. Um, I, I like that Snoop um, called out spring and summer and beyond because one of my Wonderful. like hills to die on is rosé as a year round beverage. I want people to drink wine. Yeah. That's pink in all seasons. I think it's much more versatile. I love this hill. Yeah, Great yeah, yeah. Um, so I like that Snoop is dying on that hill. Um, but yeah, this has been aging in my basement since uh, December. Um, Thank you so, so much for sharing this very yeah, special yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, my, my pleasure. I appreciate it. Um, uh, it's, I do it's, like that it is like the color you imagine Rosé to be. Yeah, right? it's very... It is very pink. It is. It is a darker pink. It's not like the, the Provençal, like, you know, mm -hmm. pale uh, yeah. pink. Hmm. Oh, and it's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is special. Um, yeah, that is, um, it tastes like, uh, that was um, yeah. uh, it's so this one tastes, it also, it also has that reverse engineered wine thing happening. So the cloud brain is at work again, I feel like engineering, um, its idea of California Rosé. Um, this tastes to me kind of like natural cranberry juice. Um, you know, you told me that this was, um, pink Starburst flavored vodka. I would believe <laughs> it. It's, it's such just, a specific taste. Yeah. Someone just watered it down or it reminds me of, um, like the, uh, the strawberry kiwi Starburst. Yes. Um, which is always, I always got pissed off when people had the alternate Starburst. Like I, I, I think they're, <laughs> they, maybe they have a cult following, but like, I just felt cheated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I felt cheated that I didn't get the. I feel I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah, it's like it's like when you it's like when you go to a Hall and Oates concert and they say we're gonna play some of the new stuff, you know, like oh. uh, 
nobody nobody wants that yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 exactly Um, yeah 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 uh but i i don't know um you know this this is probably to my mind this is the most offensive line we've had so far yeah i think so too yeah it's like you know people there's a lot of like misogyny against rosé in general right where it's like oh ladies love rosé because they love their little pink sweet drink and i'm always like no rosé is cool and more interesting than that but this one is very like <laughs> pink sweet drink right like this is what people who don't drink rosé think it is okay okay um fascinating yeah and it's something even mm-hmm. on the it's weird even mm-hmm. on the nose like there's something there's like a it smells like um, it smells just kind of woodsy, but in like a yeah. like a like a cardboard, you know, like an Amazon warehouse kind of way. Like uh, <laughs> um, woodsy in an industrial. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's right, though it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that so uh, that is it's probably what you're smelling there is probably wood chips, honestly. Really? Um, yeah. So. Um, uh, Oak is very expensive, especially in barrels. So in an industrial context, when people are trying to add oak flavor to a wine, there are different ways they can do that. Yes, they do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So they just throw oak chips in it. Um, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, these these wines are pro- both probably acidified, um, uh, which is why that explains some of the engineering. So um, it is... What does mean? It means that uh, they have uh, artificial acid typically tartaric and um, uh, malic uh, really? added to them. Yes, because uh, the grapes here are probably overcropped. <laughs> so oh so they, have, they have a lot of juice, but characterless juice. And yeah. so if you want to make something bright and refreshing, you have to kind of reverse engineer the wine a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it is science. This it is, is, science. is. Yeah, yeah it, is, it, is, it is very much wine made in a lab. Um, uh, but, you know, I don't, I don't expect anything different out of, um, you know, this wine. I don't feel like, you know, either of them have lied to us about what they're doing here. You yeah, know? that's true. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't feel like a bait and switch. It's like if you yeah, buy exactly. a sweet dog rosé, like you kind of. You know what you're getting into. And the bottle is like, I know that the listeners can't see this, but the bottle is like frosted glass. Yeah, I'm kind of here for that. I like it. I think it's pretty. My association there was like Arbor Mist. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's a beautiful I, bottle. To be yeah. Honest. And honestly, I feel like I would be rather drinking Arbor Mist. Um, I can't tell you what flavor. <laughs> I can't tell you what what flavor of Arbor Mist, but yeah. I feel like I'd, I'd rather be drinking Arbor Mist. Um, yeah. This does not pass a wedding snuff test. No, today. no. Yeah. This, this is all. no. This is just like you know, give it to your grandma and move on to something like yeah, pivot yeah. to light beer. Yeah, just go to like you put a lot of ice in it. It might be more palatable. Yeah, but... and, and grandma might like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm here for that. All right, so uh, main event now. So uh, I had to come correct with my favorite celebrity wine, which is um, Hampton Water. Um, so uh, there is one of the great pieces of journalism of all time from the New York Times uh, is a interview with Hampton uh, with Hampton Water. Um, uh, creator, uh, Mr. John Bon Jovi. Um, this is a, a uh, product he developed with his son, Jesse Bon Jovi. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the interview is just, it is fucking hilarious. Um, but I'm going to read directly from the interview. So uh, this is Jesse Bon Jovi explaining the origin of the brand. Uh, it started about two years ago. It was one of those late nights, and the running joke out in the Hamptons is that Rosé 
is the water of the Hamptons. Me and my buddies have been drinking rosé all summer and doing the Hamptons thing and living the life out there. All right, so in oh, two yeah. seconds, in two sentences, I feel like I know everything I need to know about Jesse Bon Jovi. You know, yeah. like you know, like like his life definitely consists of doing the Hamptons things. Like that is that is his yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, sounds exactly. like <laughs> that's that's his life though. And I, I think like, you know, that is on his CV, you know, doing mm-hmm. the Hampton thing, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh so one night one late night, he was sitting on the porch, uh, and dad, dad being Bon Jovi, uh-huh. uh, uh offered me a glass of pink juice. And Jesse <laughs> said, Listen, you're here in the Hamptons, you're not drinking pink juice, you're drinking. <sighs> Hampton's water oh. and, the, and the light bulb kind of went off. And then John Bon Jovi comes in and John Bon Jovi says, my experience comes in with marketing. Oh. Oh. <laughs> not rock music, not rock music. Not mind marketing. you, my experience comes yeah. in with marketing. Every good idea needs to be fleshed out. And this was a good idea, but it needed to be fleshed out. And of course, John Bon Jovi was the man to flesh it out. So, uh, you know, Believing that every um, good idea needs to be fleshed out is quite the opposite of living on a prayer. <laughs> that's, that's that's true. That is yeah. That that seems funda- yeah. That seems like fundamentally opposed to his uh, yeah to his mo exactly. Um, so he says. Uh, so so John Bon Jovi he does some really um, deep uh, kind of like brand re- like market research. Okay. So, oh, yeah, so yeah, he says I went into several I went into several liquor stores and said. Oh and said, what do you think of a wine with that word? Uh, to which the interviewer says, which word? Bon Jovi says, the word Hampton. Uh, and okay. how did people respond? And John Bon Jovi says, people were very pro, people were very pro the word. And then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we also knew that our favorite rosés were from the south of France. So we were ultimately bottling a lifestyle. Uh, the interviewer asked, is that the lifestyle of the South of France or, <laughs> or in the Hamptons or both? This bon, is a Jovi good says, yeah, yeah. bon Jovi says both. It's Hampton water. So it's our own place. Uh, uh, the interview, interviewer says, interesting. So it's not <laughs> interesting. So, so it's not plural. Bon Jovi says, you see, that's where the mastery comes in. <laughs> well, well, well. What an amazing mic drop. Uh, but it, it, it is it is Hampton water. It is not plural. It is not possessive. It's just Hampton, Hampton water. water. Yeah, Hampton water. Uh, uh, it is made with a hugely reputable, so this is the, the most internationally renowned winemaker. Uh, it's not from Provence, which is where like Brangelina have their mm-hmm. estate. This is from Languedoc, which is a bit of a wine lake in Southern France. Uh, it is crafted not by um, uh, Mr. Jovi. It is crafted by Gerard Bertrand, um, who is a renowned winemaker at Chateau, uh, Chateau uh, L'Hospitalet. Uh, uh, Hospitale. Um, oh. Yes. Uh, so, uh, and this is a That's reputable. Not Bon Jovi. Yeah. So this is this is a less cynical wine. This is this is a, you know, the vineyard's probably massive, but this is a wine of place um, in the way that I think of wine is. Um, kind of a classic rosé blend, um, 60% Grenache, 15% Sanso and Mavedra, and then 10% Syrah. Um, and this has a little more of those like pale pink rosé vibes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I love this, to be honest. Uh, it is a lovely bottle of wine. I have to confess, I've had and I've enjoyed Hampton water um, before. 
Um, yeah, and so uh, good on you, uh, Mr. Bon Jovi. And and in this case, I will say, like, I feel, I do feel like I know Bon Jovi better. In that you feel like he's a man of craft. Yeah, and he just likes to kick it with Rosé. And it should be yeah. said, um, so uh, uh, we adore your podcast, uh, uh, Normal Gossip, and, and I wanted to come correct with like a yeah. little gossip of my own. So um, I have had the great pleasure of waiting on one John Bon Jovi. Uh, yes, yes. Um, so he came into the restaurant I formerly uh, managed, um, mm-hmm. which was uh, called Comey, and it was this kind of uh, Washington institution, fine dining staple. And uh, Bon Jovi came in with his wife and a couple, a couple other people. Um, I had a few takeaways. His hair in person, as amazing as you could want Bon Jovi's hair to be. Just, wow. yeah, just feathered to perfection. You know, like I just wanted to touch it, but I didn't. Because um, you had professionalists. So. Yeah, that would be inappropriate. Um, I was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like it's like looking at the sun. You just can't, you can't do it. Did you know it was him immediately? Uh, we we knew that he was coming in. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and then I, sh- but it was like, it's always with a, a lot of celebrities like that, it's always like day of thing. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and I texted my wife and she was like irrationally excited. Um, uh, you know, my, we, we got yeah. a decent number of, of celebrities at at, um, at Comey, but like this, this one, she was, you know, considering, you know, wandering in and um, acting yeah. appropriately for, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Bon Jovi ordered um, glass of white wine, okay. uh, then, which is un- not noteworthy. And but he did then order um, separately ice and lemons, and proceeded to make his own white wine cooler out wow. of his white wine. Uh, subsequently, we just cur- served him wine coolers for the rest of the night. Right. Uh, but uh, ever so he more- ordered it separately. He wasn't like, "Can I have a wine?" No, cooler? no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> glass of white a glass of ice well no he, he like started with the white and then he kind of made his own wine cooler thereafter and so evermore in our family the wine spritzer which is a great invention it should be said yeah. for your day drinking the wine spritzer deserves yeah. kind of a, to have another moment um but ever since then in our family wine spritzers are john wants um oh, yeah that's a really good phrase yeah this could make a good wine spritzer i think it's a killer wine spritzer wine but it kind of like it feels like a self-contained wine spritzer you know, it doesn't need to be a wine spritzer. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and this definitely passes the wedding test. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I was served this at a wedding, I would be like, how much are you paying for this wedding? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it is. So this is a little more expensive than our other. This is like a 25-ish dollar That's bottle. A pretty decently priced bottle. Not, not mad about it. Uh, if I was served this at a wedding, yeah, I would probably, I would probably like take the, take the full bottle from the caterer okay. and just bring it yeah. yeah bring it to the table yeah yeah, yeah. you're like can i hold that and then you yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and be be greeted as a conquering hero um, yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> can you so kelsey I, I did a deeper dive for the sake of uh the celebrity wine scene oh. um and well, i just feel like if you don't have a wine at this point you you ain't shit um like everybody has a wine um can you think of any any uh, you mentioned uh, francis ford can you think mm-hmm. of any other kind of your favorite celebrity cuvées? Okay. Um, I know there are a lot of, it doesn't mean a Dobarev have a wine. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. Nina Dobrev, who else has a wine? I mean, I know a lot of celebrities also have liquors, right? Like George well, Clooney. Some, 
liquor. Yes, yeah, Casamigos, exactly. Um, I'm a Casamigos girl, to be okay. honest. I okay. like it. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like a big reality show thing. So um, my uh, my wife loves uh, the, exactly. And uh, yeah. those dudes have a like a bourbon or something, uh, whiskey of wow. some kind. Yeah, yeah. He's getting in on it. Yeah. Um, so this is not an exhaustive list, mind you, but um, kind of kind of a fun dive. Um, uh, Cameron Diaz uh, oh. has Savi B. Um, also, uh, Savi B. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, that I mean, feels, to me. Yeah. That feel very, very on brand. Uh, uh, my girl, Mary J. Blige, uh, oh. has a brand called Sun Goddess, Mary which I'm J. here for. Yes, yes. Uh, Nicki Minaj makes a whole line of Moscatos. Of course which, she does. Which feels just like so right. Uh, um, Madonna, Bethany Frankel, the dudes from Train, Bergie, <laughs> Sting, Drew Barrymore, of course, Brangelina, uh, Sam Neill, um, uh, and a uh, local favorite, Dave Matthews, uh, oh. owns a winery in Virginia called Blenheim. Wow. Yes, yes. Now, uh, it, gets, it, gets, it gets better here. So my favorites and my favorite celebrity winemakers, uh, these are the people who um, kind of like our, our buddy, um, uh, who is, uh, you know, Jay Alexander, or Z Alexander, uh -huh. sorry, um, uh, you know, deeply invested in the project, Drew Bledsoe. Do you remember Drew Bledsoe? I sure do. Yep. From Wash Pride of Washington State, makes wine in Walla Walla, drives the tractor, like is intimately involved really? with the winemaking. Yes. Um, Sam Neill. Uh, okay. Um, uh, of Welcome to Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, oh, he didn't say that though. That was Richard Attenborough. But oh. Sam Neill um, um, makes like globally, like world-renowned Pinot Noir in uh, the central Otago, cool. which is southern New Zealand. Yes. Um, uh, you have uh, Action Bronson uh, <laughs> um, makes natural wine. He's like all in on the natty wine scene um, uh, with a, a kind of a, 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 a cultish French winemaker named Patrick uh, Beaujou. Okay. Um, Post Malone makes a, a, a highly acclaimed rosé. Posty. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Eric Wareheim, uh, uh, he's in... Um, he actually frequents a lot of natural wine bars, both in New York and LA, um, and makes wine, uh, natural, very kind of like non-interventionist wine called Lus Jaris in California. Um, and then uh, my my final two favorites are Maynard James Keenan. Do you know who Maynard James Keenan is? Oh, I don't. He is the lead singer of Tool. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the guy from Tool, uh, who is a, a character, he makes two wines. He began a label called Caduceus. Okay. Um, which is a Greek mythological reference to Hermes. Okay. Um, and he makes wine in Arizona. And he had trouble with uh, the um, like domestic labeling agents okay. um, uh, when he was, because they're, they're famously finicky about what can go on the label and what can't go right. on the label. Um, and so, he, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he started another label and he called it Merkin. Um, <laughs> For those of you who are unaware, Merkin is a pubic wig. Um, uh, and yes, so uh, Maynard James Keenan makes wine under the Merkin label. Um, I, who wants to drink Merkin wine? That's incredible. I love that. <laughs> I do respect the fact that a lot of these celebrities are like, you know, I've made a lot of money. I'm bored. 
what I'm going to do is get really into making wine. Like that's kind of nice to me that that's their chosen like retirement hobby. Yes. And so um, there's a famous expression uh, in the wine world. They say, if you want to make a small fortune in wine, invest a great fortune. Um, oh, that's, yeah. that's a good saying. So oh. it feels like celebrities are kind of in a position to do that. Yeah. Um, so my favorite celebrity winemaker um, is the one, the only pink. Um, <gasps> She's fucking awesome. Uh, she is equally one of my wife's favorite people um, in I general. Uh, just like a great sultry voice. I don't think she gets sure. credit for her vocal chops. Um, Have you ever seen her live? I haven't. She, I saw her live a long time ago now, probably a decade ago, when she was still doing aerial stunts. Shut like she, up. Yeah, she would get into like a sling and they would raise her up inside a stadium and she would sing while she like flipped around. It was insane. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for that. Um, all the while, like holding a note. And um, good wine. Yeah, so, the rest of us. <laughs> so when Pink does something, she puts her whole heart into it. So, um, wow. she's, so she came off tour in Australia, caught the wine bug with her husband who is uh, famously a BMX rider. Um, and they set about a vineyard plan um, uh, juggling about learning about wine between performances. She says, I took online courses. She started with the Wine Spirits and Education Trust, which is like one of the preeminent. Uh, so she says, I would get off stage and be like, oh, I have a test. <laughs> is, so she's, yeah, so she's performing acrobatics while holding the note and in her head. I remember her both. Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, what's the difference between Cabernets? Exactly. Um, so, uh, she now owns vineyards in San Inez, which is in the central, which is in the mm -hmm. central coast of California, um, which is beautiful. And it's actually, you know, um, it will be that there will be winemaking there when in a few decades time, uh, Napa will only be able to produce raisins. And, and the, right. they, they make this amazing diversity of wines there that are like wildly refreshing and hugely interesting. So good on you, Pink. Uh, but there's this quote, she says, uh, I first, uh, what I first wanted to do was learn how to prune. Now, Mind you, pruning is the most specialized, most expert labor that happens on a vineyard during a calendar year. Yes. Uh, so, so she says, so this is her quote about pruning. So I got my brand new Beck album. I got my earphones. I went out and I spent days pruning. It's my favorite thing to do. What else, uh, where else do you get eight hours to work with nature? And my new favorite mental image is pink listening to Beck pruning. And pruning happens in the winter, mind you. Like this is not glamorous, like pink in active wear. You know, this is pink I bundled up. That. Yeah, I, I'm just here for all of this. She equally had dinner with one of my winemaking heroes, this gentleman named Charlie Foucault, who mm -hmm. um, just passed away. He makes the most famous Cabernet Franc in the world mm -hmm. um, at this estate called Clorizard in Summer Champagne. And uh, she had dinner with him and his wife, spent hours with him, Wife made us a meal. His granddaughter was playing the guitar and singing songs about harvest. He was just the most magical human being. Um, I, I know, I know, I know. I love knowing this about Pink. Yes, uh, I, I was- fit in my perception of her. Yeah, yeah. Very like all in. No, absolutely. And she was actually kind of, she's a slow build for mm -hmm. the sake of her, her brand. So I don't even know if it's like properly sold. Um, oh. Or yeah, I, I think it's just like Pink just like likes doing this. I don't think she, it doesn't feel like a revenue generating exercise for her. Um, oh, I'm, I'm here for that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, Pink, I hope you're listening to this. And then 
Um, uh, it's, she, she does. She incidentally, she does sell it under the two. Her brand is Two Wolves Wine. Two Wolves Wine. Um, so the the kicker for this is that a good friend of of, of mine um, who owns a wine bar uh, in East Village in New York, she runs um, these uh, kind of uh, female only tasting groups for uh, women sommeliers for female sommeliers in the city. Um, she happened to be out of town, and who comes to her mm -hmm. tasting group? Fucking Pink came to her tasting. Oh, rude! I know. <laughs> I know. But I mean, that, that admits Snoop. She's or not Snoop. Snoop is definitely not dropping in on tasting yeah, tasting groups. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Pink is just, you know, she, I feel like she actually loves this thing. Yeah, that's great. I yeah. love that she's like putting in the effort and the time and like really a true divide and dynamic from Pink being like, I want to learn about wine and therefore I'm taking this accredited and difficult class with tests. And John Bon Jovi being like, I want to know if I can sell a wine. And therefore <laughs> I walked into a bunch of stores and said, do you like the word Hampton? <laughs> <laughs> that shit also feels like a study in like white male privilege, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of a nice dynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But I think like, it it tells you something about both those people. Yeah, um, it yeah, sure does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, um, well, this has been an utter joy, Kelsey. Um, uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, as, <laughs> uh, as we're wont to do, um, we always read a bit of poetry. And because there are two wines shared, that two poems seem, seem fitting. And you have an amazing um, uh, kind of uh, catalog for the sake of, of topics that you've written about, um, mm -hmm. you know, passionately, everything from you know, current events to, you know, evangelicalism to um, Emily Dickinson to um, The Bachelor in Paradise. And uh, I wanted to honor um, uh, Emily Dickinson. So um, uh, her poems are numbered um, uh, and almost universally published um, posthumously. Um, uh, she wrote about fame uh, directly kind of twice. So uh, this is the first bit of verse. Fame is a bee, it has a song, it has a sting. Ah, uh, too, it has a wing. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and then a uh, second bit of verse, uh, this is, uh, 1702, uh, in her catalog, uh, fame is a fickle food upon a shifting plate whose table once a guest, but not the second time is set whose crumbs the crows inspect and with ironic call flap past it to the farmer's corn men eat of it and die. Um, that was a little, a little more bleak there, a little more, a little more bleak. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, which which begs the question at the end of the day, you know, why celebrities and wine? You know, what is the what is the synergy here? Hmm. I don't I, I don't know. I think celebrities like to drink in general. So maybe that's part of it. But it could also just be that, like, people trust celebrities and buy things that they like. And so celebrities want to give them wine, something that people like to buy. That's a more negative read. Yeah, but yeah. Um, is that you know, is that a good or a bad thing? Hmm. I don't know. You tell me. You know more about wine than me. Do you think that this is heightening the wine industry or strengthening it in some way? That that's a great question. Um, uh, like a true journalist, you put it back on me. Um, uh, you know, I. This is not the pool that I swim in, you know, for the sake of wine. You know, um, I'm into the, you know, obscure jazz record collecting side of the, you know, the wine game. Um, uh, 
I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, there's one theory that a rising tide lifts all boats to the extent that, you know, you have these magnetic personalities, these global brands latching on to, you know, wine as a product. It can't help but elevate wine in the public imagination. Um, but, you know, we all know that's not how, you know, celebrity culture works. Yeah, that's not how any, that's not how any culture works, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you can denature things, you can poison things, you can, you mm -hmm. know, dumb things down, uh, et cetera. Um, I don't know, I, I think, I think it's, it, you know, it's like anything else, it, it, it does both. Um, you know, I, I want wine to tell me about the place it's from and the people that make it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like celebrity wine can be um, really satisfying that way. You know, like I'm definitely listening to um, uh, Zach Brown later, you know? <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know how, how long that will keep up before, you know, my wife loses patience with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, and I don't want to overstate, you know, the deliciousness of his wine. It was just like pleasantly surprising. Um, uh, and, and like, I feel like, um, the fact that John Bo John Bon Jovi is making rosé, like, it confirms certain things that I suspected about Bon Jovi, but like it does like make me like him strangely yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. And his, you know, uh, son living, you know, his best Hamptons life. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's everything all at once, you know, and, and I think, you know, um, I mean, how do you feel about, you know, celebrity culture at large for the sake of, you know, I, I think for the sake of what you do, I, I love the podcast because it, it takes this thing that has, you know, gossip is is now like um, branded and globalized for the sake of reality shows. So it's just like this collective gossip that we share, mm -hmm. you know, is that a poisonous cultural phenomenon or is that just like a fun diversion for people? I don't know. I go back and forth on it, to be honest, in that I like, I still watch The Bachelor, which is one of the most poisonous franchises that exists and one that I think is completely immoral. And I feel like on some level, it's similar to like the NFL where I'm like, this is also poisonous and terrible for people and like very damaging. To but God damn, it's entertaining. But it's very entertaining, <laughs> right? And like, I don't know where the line in that is. Like, I am glad that now people can make money after the show based on their like name, right? So someone who goes on Vanderpump Rules can start a wine brand because they now have 500,000 followers or whatever. And it's not just like ABC makes money off of your life and you make nothing. That seems like a good development to me, but whether celebrity culture is good for us or not, I have no idea. I don't think most people really care. It's yeah. like, is soda good for us? No, everyone drinks it all the time anyway, because it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it is, you know, you've, it's interesting, you've written a lot about like gossip in the context of the church world, you mm -hmm. know, as, as this, you know, social construct, you know, that is gendered and, you know, um, you know, stigmatizing, but, you know, I do feel like, you know, reality culture serves that church gossip function for a lot of people who, you know, are otherwise not churchgoers. Yeah, it does. It gives people like a common framework to think about the world within, which is like kind of beautiful in a way to be like, oh, we all know who Sydney Sweeney is. And so we can talk about her together or whatever that looks like. And I don't know. I like I like that about celebrity culture, that it is a kind of unifying force that like we all know who Jennifer Aniston is, even though there's not a lot of monoculture anymore. Yeah. We still have these like titans. 
do you think it's crowding out quote unquote normal gossip? No, I don't. I mean, if you had asked me a year ago, I might've said yes, but I think they function in really different forms in that I think with celebrity culture, you have a kind of um, parasocial relationship happening where people believe that they're friends with a celebrity and therefore they believe they're entitled to gossip about their life. And that's kind of how that economy runs is like, you think you know Jennifer Aniston and therefore you think you deserve to know whether or not she's with Brad Pitt, right? And so it's like that kind of cycle. Yeah. Whereas regular gossip, normal gossip is just about whether the story is good or not, right? Yeah. I could tell you normal gossip about someone you will never meet and have no connection to. And if the story is good enough, you'll care. It's like why people still read Gilgamesh. <laughs> <laughs> do, do people still read Gilgamesh? Yeah, there okay. is. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Um, so uh, uh, final, final questions for you. Um, whose wine do you want to drink? So, so celebrity not currently making wine. Whose wine do you want to drink and what would it taste like? Whose wine? Ooh, this is a hard question because I feel like there's like a very specific tier of celebrity. <laughs> what I have learned so far is that being an A-lister means that your wine is not as good, right? Like I would not consider, well, I guess Zach Brown and John Bon Jovi are A-listers, but they're not like the highest of the high. Well, right? yeah, I feel like, I feel like the A-list has tiers. Exactly. So yeah, this is like yeah. probably the second or third tier of A-list. These <laughs> And both of these wines are better than the yeah. Martha and the Snoop Dogg wines. Yeah. So I feel like that tier is a safer tier for me to bet on. Um, I would so like Cameron Diaz, you know, like maybe like a Julia Stiles, someone like Oh, nice, wine. nice. Because she's like a little quirky, right? Okay. And like I can see her being into it. She yeah. I have a fun little orange wine or something. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Julia, Julia Stiles making orange wine. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, and it and then. That. <laughs> yeah, I, I dig it. Uh, and then uh, final question, uh, Kelsey McKinney. Uh oh. What is your wine brand? Oh God, I have no idea. I think, I mean, you've served me more wine than I've like. <laughs> um, I think I like something that's a little weird. You yeah. know, I like something that has a little like fermentation or a little sparkle or something yeah. strange about it. Uh, a pet nat would be good for you. Um, yeah, like hips, hipster yeah. bubbles. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I love a small bead. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. Um, you have to work on your branding though. Uh, Snoop Dogg oh, and Martha, yeah, they've laid down the gauntlet. <laughs> You're right, 19 yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Kelsey. It's been uh, a pleasure. Thank you all for listening. Kelsey, where can um, people find you if they want more of your writing, your podcast, you name it? Yeah, I'm on all socials at, at McKinney Kelsey. All my writing is at defector.com and my podcast, Normal Gossip, is everywhere that you can find podcasts. So yeah, that's it. Thank you, you so much for having me. This was yeah. a blast. I'm glad you joined. I feel like you have to work harder not to find Kelsey McKinney than, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm very yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, brilliant. Thank you again uh, for listening. Uh, this has been uh, The Universe in Glass. Uh, normally, uh, these wines would be available at Revelo's Hour, uh, but <laughs> we trust you all uh, to find them uh, yourselves um, uh, if you're sufficiently curious. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, stay tuned and stay thirsty for more of The Universe in a Glass.